Jazz Experience, Season 2. Let's go! Thanks for joining us for Season 2. Join the conversation with Nat, Dez, and friends as they share how to transform culture through family. Hey guys, welcome to the Matt and Des Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. On today's episode, we have one of our great friends, Sarah Kamez, in the studio today. We're excited to have her. What's up, Sarah? How you doing? Hey, I'm I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Good, good, good. good. Excited about yes. this episode. So Thanks. excited. Thanks so much Thanks for being you. on today. We are excited. So, Sarah, for the listener that may not know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and what are some of your passions? Yeah. Um, well, I, how do I condense this is really the question. <laughs> which hats do you want to like? <laughs> yeah. What do I highlight? Um, so I am. Uh, I work at the Mission Church full-time here in Vacaville. Whoop, whoop. Um, and I, gosh, what do I do? I am the media director, so I run our video department, our graphic design department, um, and our Rio Cafe, and I'm also the junior high youth pastor. Sounds yes. like a lot, but I have such a great team, and that's super helpful. Um, I'm super passionate about um, building and maintaining yes. healthy relationships. Come on. Um, that is something that is, it's a driving force um, in my heart, in my spirit for the church. And I think it's something that we need to talk about more yes. in, in the church body itself as a, as a passion of mine. Um, I'm also passionate about what, I mean, what we're talking about today yeah. is uh, raising up women um, in the church as, as mothers. And um, yeah, that's. That's where I'm at. <laughs> so good. That's well, me. it's interesting because you pretty much are the Swiss Army knife <laughs> of the mission church. I mean, you like you have all those abilities, and you know, I mean, you are up there in my top friend list, except for one major flaw that you're a I Dodger know. fan. I'm very and I mean, if fan. I could only convert you to becoming a San Francisco Giants fan, I mean, it would just be amazing. <laughs> my goodness, you said that, and my skin was like. <laughs> oh, she almost vomited. Look at that! Wow. We, we can only hope, but I have to highlight this about you, Sarah, because everything you just said, like you do with such excellence. And yeah. I just want to say that it's, you know, a lot of people wear a lot of different hats and it's kind of like, oh, you know, they're really passionate about this, but they're doing this, this, this and that. Everything you put your hand to, it's just like, it's just gold, you know? And so we just so honor everything that God is using you in. And especially, I just have to highlight, you know, that you just came into this role as a junior high pastor and how thankful we are, how, oh my gosh, I could just cry because our oldest daughter is now in the junior high youth group. I'm like, you are our children's very first youth pastor i'm like how special is that so we just love you our kids love you they just are like flock to you and you're you mother so well yes which is a segue to this conversation and i love this you know we are going to begin to have these conversations as you guys know uh this season two is about transformation through building family culture right and one of the things about family culture is that there are roles in family both in the natural and the spiritual. We want to talk about that, the different family roles. And specifically in this episode, we want to have a conversation. We want to highlight the role of a mother. And it's so, so needed. I want to start by reading the passage because I, I, I love, I'm a wordsmith. I love the word of God. You know, Mark 10, we, we see this whole dialogue with the disciples and Jesus. And it was when uh, the rich man came to Jesus and he was telling them, hey, what do I need to do to get in the kingdom? 
you know, and then Jesus had basically say, hey, leave all, you know, forsake all. And he got offended and left. And that's when Jesus said, you know, uh, he's quoted and saying, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And so the disciples were, were rocked by that statement. And then next we, we pick up in verse uh, 27, Mark 10, looking at them, Jesus said with people is impossible, but, with, but not with God for all things are possible with God. Then Peter comes in. I love this. Peter says, Peter begins to say to him, behold, we have left everything to follow you. Mm. Like we've gave up everything to follow you. And then Jesus' reply is just, this is what we're about to launch from. He said, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left a house. Oh, man, that hit me right now. (laughs) Or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the sake of the gospel. But note this, that he will receive a hundred times. Okay, a hundred times. Listen to this. A hundred times as much now in the present age that's right now in this age this isn't the age come he's talking about now we'll receive back houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms along with persecution and in the age to come eternal life and so he lays out the plan that hey you're going to receive all this now back and it really kind of sets us up guys because what we're talking about you know so many times a person in a in a natural family will discover salvation and uh, give their life to Christ, and they'll live in families that maybe are still not wanting to make that decision, not aware of Christ, and so there's almost a forsaking. You you're you're going after God. You're not turning your back on your family, but you're, there's a forsaking, right? But with that, He is actually saying here in this time, you will receive mothers children, brothers, sisters, houses, things that you gave up for the gospel's sake, you're going to get back now. And this really opens up the conversation of what we've always begin to, what we've always been a core value and what we've taught over the years is spiritual family, mm-hmm. that spiritual moms and fathers and brothers and sisters and spiritual kids and so many things are going to be restored to you. Now, in saying that, over the years, and we'll have to do another episode on this, but one of the things that we've highlighted many times in the body of Christ and a lot of tribes are spiritual fathers. I can count on my hand how many spiritual fathers and mentors I've had. What I can't count on my hand because I've never had is spiritual moms. Now, I have a great, amazing mom who's a believer, intercessor, love her, but as far as spiritual moms, never have had that because in most of the places that we've been, in our religious circles and in church bodies, there really wasn't any models or I would even say room for spiritual moms. Now we have two powerful women right here in the studio who both have a role to be spiritual moms in the body of Christ. Let's have this conversation. Why do you guys think that is? Even though scripture says, you know, we, we need moms. Right. And we're going to get a restoration. And the gospel itself is when you give up something, you get something in return. It's a great exchange. So we know it's in the Father's heart that those who grew up in a home where they didn't have a mom or a mom was present, but she really was a mom, that they will have a restoration of that in the kingdom now. So we need spiritual moms. So let's talk about it. So, Sarah, any insight into this? Um, 
Yeah, I have a lot of, of insight. <laughs> I mean, I've been, um, I mean, I was a, I was saved when I was 15, yeah. um, been in vocational ministry yeah. since I was 17 years old. I'm, I'm 31 now. So you do the math. Um, <laughs> so I think it, it, and what's really hard and is this is definitely my opinion. I've been, you know, in and around several different denominations really. Yeah. And I think a lot of this comes from a root of what I would call toxic masculinity. <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is in no way am yeah. I putting down men because I believe we need masculine men. Yeah, like, I, I believe in that. Yep. Yeah. But what I'm saying is we have men reading scripture through the lens of men are the most important in the kingdom. <laughs> and when you get to a place where you're reading scripture through a lens other than love, acceptance, equality, space, you're reading scripture wrong. I don't care what translation you're reading. I don't care how deep you dig into the words. It, the lens at which you read scripture changes everything. So good. And when you're reading it through a lens that a man is the most important voice, that's what you're going, that's, what you're, that's what's going to come out of it. So when you're reading scripture and you're taking that in in that capacity, in that way, then you're going to operate out of the way because what you believe you're doing is you're believing you're operating in the will of God. Right. And when you're, when you're operating in the will of God, you're, you're going to, you, everything you, if you say everything you do is, is in the will of God, yeah. then what you're doing is you're using God to put down a woman's voice. <laughs> and, and that's not God. That's not kingdom. So, um, I think in the, in the place I'm at now, I, I don't, see that. I mean, I have a platform. I've been, you know, celebrated. I've been championed myself. And and yeah. especially like as a single woman <clears throat> leading a ministry, mm -hmm. that is another level of stuff that I've encountered in the church is is oh, wait till you have a husband. Wait till you have a man, Ooh, then you can be wow, promoted. Wow. Then you can lead a man in the cafe. Then you can lead yeah. a man in a media department. Yes. I am a woman, a single woman leading a male dominated industry or a uh, section of the church. Most video departments are run by men. Um, and, and I'm, I'm happy to say, uh, all my men in my media team are amazing Come and on. incredible and, and they champion me and, and yep. it's been, it's been wonderful. You and, know, we yeah. said this on the previous episode. I love how you said that because it really is. And this is what I'm hearing you say too, is that it has been dominantly a man's world, right? And some of the perspective in which uh the mindset and lens in which scripture has been read has been from that perspective and it's even been taught from that and i, and I totally agree with that 100 percent. that that was just oh my word and i love how you said this because we said this in the previous episode when we have these conversations about women and about mothers spiritually we're not advocating women's rights we are actually advocating for what the Bible says as equality and roles. Mm -hmm. Because the fact that in Genesis, Adam and Eve were co-reigning together. And there is a restoration of that when Christ died. And that's why even the first one who ran with the message of the gospel was a woman. Mm -hmm. And so we're not saying we're fighting for 
women's rights because I feel that there's a secular thing in that. And I do believe some women bring that into the church. And so that's why you get this feminist movement going on, mm-hmm. which we're, we're not trying to advocate that. We're not being an activist for that. But I do believe everything you just said is so right on. It's an awakening right now that we need about equal equality in roles. Mm-hmm. Even though they're going to be different in function, there can't be uh, this disconnect that causes an unequally yoke. And I'm not just talking about marriage. I'm just talking about roles in church. And so I'm so glad that you just shared your heart in that. And I just hope that those who are listening can really uh, uh, hear the impact because you've been in these places and in these roles and you've seen that uh, uh, impact that's had on you, mm-hmm. but also other women around you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do click quickly want to say, um, I, you know, I, I love the man's role in the church. Come on. I am thankful for the man's role in the church. I'm, I'm thankful for the men who have fathered me in the church and who have brothered me for, a, you know, lack of a better term. Um, and and I, I'm super thankful. for. So in no way do I ever want to put a man's voice down to raise my own. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I just want to clarify that before before I move on here. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. so good, Sarah. And, you know, when you were talking a little bit ago, you used the word lens. And I feel like Ooh. there's something yeah. on that because I don't even think... Um, a lot of times people are recognizing that they're seen a certain way because of a certain lens that yeah. they are viewing it things from. Yeah. And oh. that can be a lot of reasons why that lens is tainted or why their perspective is, is that way. You know, I think one of the reasons is in my opinion is that's the way they're raised that it's in, it's yeah. inbreded in our culture. And even one of the things that, that I have experienced myself and it actually is a huge irritation (laughs) to me is that we kind of without saying again it's in our culture the men need to raise up the men and the women need to go and do women things and they can influence the women okay (laughs) this is where i feel like god is highlighting this and the honoring and then what you guys are talking about the equality in roles we have a distinct role but they're equally important And so, you know, I think it's equally important for men to be mothered and women to be fathered Mm -hmm. as it is for men to be fathered and women to be mothered. They're both equally important to me. And I, unfortunately, I, you know, just in the culture we grew up, I actually didn't have either because I feel like it was so in the culture, like you, you you were saying, it's the lens is it's a man's world and that's, there's expectations attached to that. So It was never even a thing, really. It was never even a thing to even think I needed that to begin with. Or if you are called to father and mother people in the spirit, you know, they, it wasn't taught about, it wasn't even recognized. So I never received, in my opinion, a lot of what I think I should have received growing up. And that's not a judgment statement. It's just, it's just a fact in my opinion. But that's why honor is so key to this and that we begin to, God is highlighting this for a reason and that we would honor each other in the proper way so that we can function the way we're supposed to function. And it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. What I heard you say, and it's so true, it goes even back to the message because we kind of grew up in, a, in, I would say, an orphan gospel where it was one night stands yep. and you were actually... Uh, brought into it a where well, the church was an orphanage, 
So it was a gospel uh, orphan message rather than the spirit of adoption. Because when you have a spirit of adoption connected to the gospel message, then you're adopted them into healthy family where you have mothers and fathers in the house, you have brothers and sisters and children. So it's it's a family. It's not an orphanage. It's a it's not a halfway house, mm. right? And that's kind of what it's been. It's been a halfway house because yeah. the message we spoke, and I think that's so key and it's so good. And I want to I want to just address. I want to go after something real quick, and this is going to open the can. Ultimately, I want to hear from both you guys what you guys believe are some solutions. How can we move to some solutions? In, in, in church context, because, you know, one of the values that we all have, uh, including uh, Sarah and Des, is that, you know, we never want to just point out a problem without actually having some solutions. So we've talked about this. And so we're letting you guys know into this conversation. But this is a game changer. All right. First Thessalonians 2. This is Paul talking about his apostleship. And he said uh, in verse five, for we never came with flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed or God is our witness, nor do we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, even as apostles of Christ. So he's talking about his apostleship here. We could have asserted our authority, but we proved to be gentle among you as a nursing mother, tenderly caring for her own children. Mm. Now, I'm just going to take a step and say, I don't know where, where are, because you've talked about this in the previous episode, Des, that you believe also there are some men who are supposed to have a mothering nature mm-hmm. and there's some women who have a fathering nature. Right. Well, this is scripture that just proves that. I don't know if we've seen mothering apostles. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Paul is saying, Hey, I could have exerted my apostolic authority, mm-hmm. but I came to you like a nursing mother, a mothering nature. And so I know this opens up a whole nother conversation, but I want to hear from you guys. Just some of your experience. What do you feel like is a solution? What's on your heart? I want to hear on this topic, what's on your heart? I know we've talked about this. We did the Facebook Live on this episode, which just got so great traction and so many great questions. And so we wanted to do the follow-up today on this podcast. But Sarah, I want to hear from you, Nandez. I also want to hear from you guys. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there there are several avenues of undoing that need to be I love done. that undoing I love that um it's you know it's the times we're in it's 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 this um season of reformation where we're reforming how yep. we feel mm-hmm. as a church as a as a body yeah. um as a as a nation as a as our you know it's it's bled out into the world at this stage yeah of radical undoing unlearning and that's hard to unlearn something, to undo something, that's tricky. Have you ever tried to undo a knot in your shoelace? It, or like, you know, shoelaces to me, because it happened to me this morning. But um, it's it's hard, and it sometimes it hurts your fingers, and sometimes it's, you know, it's you. somebody asks if the, you need help, and you're like, no, I can do this, for me at least. But I think it's time, even for myself, to undo some of those religious procedures and practices that have been placed on me when I stepped into even saying yes to being a junior high pastor I got flack from a fr- from a dear friend of mine who said you you can't do this because you're not under a man you have no male covering <sighs> that it broke my heart because I'm like you know I have male covering in my leadership 
but there wasn't a man in my home was the point that for me is like oh man god how do i how do i move forward from this like how do i do this so part of my solution in that instance was was recognizing that not everybody's going to have it together. Not everybody's going to have the answer and not everybody's going to be willing and ready to do an undoing. Yeah. And to do an undoing, you have to go internal. You have to go inwards and you have to figure out you like, like I go to the eye doctor to figure out what my prescription should be for my eyeglasses. And I don't know until I know. Right. We have to go back into God, back into the Holy spirit and check in and say, God, are my lenses wrong? Are my lenses right? Or do I need to upgrade my prescription? Because sometimes our glasses aren't wrong, but they're not entirely right. That's so good. So I think doing that, going, going inward and, and really processing and, and feeling out what's, what's going on. And that, that's so good. You use that example. And I literally was just thinking about this this morning because, you know, learned long time ago, if you wear glasses and I'm, I'm wearing my glasses right now, that, um, if you get a scratch in your lens at first, it really bugs you and you see it, Mm -hmm. but our eyes are so, um, brilliant and how God created us that over time, Mm -hmm the more you wear those glasses with the scratches, your eyes will adjust and soon enough you won't even see it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's exactly what um, you're talking about is that there could be, and that's one of the steps I think we could take Mm -hmm. is asking Holy Spirit, like, do I have scratches in my lens in this area? You know, we've always said, what you value or what you focus on, you make room for. And so I think that's part of it with when we come to the solution um, and taking steps to see some change and to see some reformation is that if you don't, if you ignore it and just pretend it's not there, no, there's not going to be that there's not going to be change, but Mm -hmm. there has to be a recognition and you have to focus on it in I think one of the first things I would say is to begin to have conversations. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, Matt has been talking about, you know, the table message and that God is bringing reformation and, and it's, it's at the table that God's taking us from platforms to tables. And, and I really feel like that is, is one of the first things we can do. It's so easy and practical to start having conversations and when I say easy and practical, I mean that everyone can do it. I don't mean that it's easy in the, yes. in the fact yeah. that having hard conversations is easy, mm-hmm. but I know we are all capable. We are all capable. And I, I think one of the biggest <clears throat> things is we have to come with the posture of laying down all defenses, because That's as soon good. as you point, yeah. you begin to point on something um, that may be a scratch in someone's lens, their first, usually their first reaction is, that's not me. That, yeah. I don't, I don't see that way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have that issue. And we have to be willing to listen to one another. And when I, when I say one another, I'm not just saying men and women, yeah. I'm actually saying women and women, <clears throat> men and men and men and women together. This whole thing about honor, it's not just a male female thing. So good. And, and we mentioned this and we did our live a few weeks ago that actually the most um, flack or the most pushback <laughs> I have personally, yeah. and this, yes. this is my personal experience, I'm not putting this on everyone else, is actually been from women. Yeah, And it's, it's pretty devastating when you experience that because you're like, we're cheering each other on, here we go, like we're stepping out, we're using our voice. And then they're like, <laughs> but, 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 and there you, 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 yeah. you get these stiff necks and they're like, 
oh, okay then. All right. I guess I guess I was stepping on some toes there. And you, <laughs> you don't expect it. Yeah. You know, I think, again, starting to have conversations, I think that's a great place to start. And be willing, I guess, is another yeah. one. Be willing to use your voice. That's if good. God has um, given you something to say um, in a particular arena with particular people like don't let intimidation or fear hold you back from speaking again there's a way to do that we're not saying to attack anyone or come sideways at people like no this all is wrapped in love and it's all wrapped in honor um but at the same time honor doesn't mean you're not saying anything that's not honor honor is not what you say but how you say it yep that's fire right there you know sarah one of the things you said you start off with talking about a shoelace having a knot. And I learned, uh, someone taught me one day, one of the ways to loosen up a shoe uh, lace when it's tied is if it's dry, it's going to be hard. But if you put water on it and get a little damp, Mm -hmm. it begins to loosen up. And it's so interesting because both you guys talked about the role of the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit being water. You know, I think there's something about allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us concerning the truth of this because he's going to lead us into all truth. And you said something right now you didn't know I, I was going to share about this, baby. but I love it because you said stiff neck. I read a Proverbs the other day that rocked me. I just, I love Proverbs. I try to read one every day. And it was Proverbs 29. It says, a man who hardens his neck after much reproof will suddenly be broken beyond remedy. Wow. And it, the context basically is that, hey, We all need people in our lives that are going to speak hard truths and even at times bring discipline and correction. Mm -hmm. But if you harden your neck when that happens, you don't give room for that place. It is sane. And and this is talking about after many times. So this is just one time. It's like in the context, if someone keeps telling you over and over and over, eventually your neck gets broken or you become broken beyond repair. That is scary. And I, I mean, this is really, and if I could just talk to those who are listening, who are men, you know, I would just say, hey, we need to listen. We, we, we can't get stiff neck, regardless of what's been passed on to us from generation. And that could just be the problem is that we're, we're fighting for something generationally without actually knowing the truth and seeking it out for ourselves. And, you know, I think one of the things that changed everything for me, you know, I grew up in that man's world. So I operated only in what I was taught because I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. You know, I was born into my family with three other brothers, four brothers, uh, you know, and then on top of that, you have the Hispanic culture, which is machismo. Mm-hmm. So I'm here. I got, I got no sisters, have Hispanic culture, machismo, which in the previous episode, we talked about machismo. Once again, macho, which is a Spanish word. It means sterile mule. So the more stiff you become, the less... Uh, you're able to actually impact and and reproduce, and so I have all these um, you know, cultural values, but not a kingdom value, even in the church. And so here I am fighting these things, and then the Lord says, "Hey, I'm going to give you your first couple of children are going to be girls," <laughs> which just messed me up, right? And so our first daughter Hayden, and it's like it just gives me a different lens mm-hmm. to look. At. I mean, I even I read scripture different. I really did. When I had, when I had daughters, I started seeing scriptures differently. And so I, I know what you're saying is, is just, it's facts, it's truth. 
it's from the spirit and uh, it just messes with you. So I just do believe that we as men need to understand that there's so much truth in scripture about the equality of roles between a man and a woman that we need to be able to not make room because mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's the wrong mindset. I'm going to yeah. make room. It's more, how do we champion? Yeah. And how do we do this together? So I'd uh, love to hear more from you guys. Yeah. I actually had a question for you, Sarah, because I know we've talked about this before and, you know, I honestly, and this was a flaw in my mindset. I always had this thought about, you know, I never want to be promoted because of my gender, right? Yeah. I never, like my call and my promotion with the, uh, that the Lord gives me in, in my own walk, I should never come into a position or a role because of my gender. Okay, there's that. But then we also look at, okay, let's just look at the church. Let's statistically, usually there's more women represented in our congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, than men. I mean, just statistically, I don't know exactly what it is, but I, I would venture to say maybe 60, 40. I don't know. But when that is not reflected in the leadership, if the congregation is not seeing themselves in the leadership, I, I do have a question. Why is that? Yeah. And so this whole representation thing comes up wow. about, well, I, what about those that are called they they are gone through the process you know i think in in the um the tendency is always to go to extremes right yeah. so we see an issue we see a problem well let's go to the extreme let's yeah. get a bunch of women in leadership and let's yeah. let's start um promoting women because you know that's the right thing to do but then hmm, <laughs> then we get the whole you know token women thing going on and that's not good either so i would love to hear your view and your perspective on one the need for female representation yeah. mm-hmm. and what do you think are some things that we need to do in the body of Christ to see that shift that's so good you know um i wasn't really going to talk about this uh but here we are um welcome to the Matt and Des experience <laughs> i don't know what it is about you guys but you pull it right out of me um so I I actually have a, a tattoo on my arm. Um, and it's funny you talk about Mexican culture. I'm I'm Mexican and grew up in Mexican culture when there is that machismo, that yeah. like that, you know, this manly, but when a grandmother it's a very matriarchal society. Interesting. Yeah. For real. The yeah. Mexican culture is a very matriarchal um culture. And in my matriarch, my grandmother handed me my great grandmother, sorry, handed me um the matriarchal position in my family when I was 16 years old and said, you were going to be the one to lead this family. Um, Matt, you talked about earlier and I almost kind of had to hold it in and I'm I'm coming around to answer your question here, but you know, Matt, you talked about in that scripture, you know, you leave your family and a lot of times you become a believer and you, and you leave your family and you feel like you've forsaken your family. And I did that. Mm. I am still the only real walking it out believer in my immediate family. I left my family for, it was about uh, 10 years until reconciliation with our relational mm. relationally started happening. So mm-hmm. I had to learn how to remother myself. I had to learn how to wow. have sisters. I had to learn how to have brothers. I love, I love my family. 
they're incredible. They're amazing. But they weren't teaching me the ways of God that I needed, the kingdom ways mm -hmm. that I needed to learn to be the matriarch, to come back into their lives in so a way good. that was powerful enough and gentle enough to love them where they're at. And now, I mean, my dad called me the other day. He has my old car and he's driving and the CD player is broken in there. So there's one CD <laughs> that's stuck. And he said, for some reason, I just wanted to listen to a CD. So I put on whatever you had in there. And it was a Jesus culture album from 2009 <laughs> that's Love been it. stuck in my car. And he's like, I just kept listening to it on repeat. Like it would just start over. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll listen to this again. And I'm like, God. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> this matriarchal thing is really coming out. And and I think to answer your question, it needs to look like, I mean, I shouldn't, okay. I don't like the word need um, personally. So I think what it can look like is what the world makes it look like. Women are CEOs. Yeah, there is a pay, there's a pay gap. There's, you know, things like that going on right now, but there's still so much more progress in the world for women in leadership than, than there is in most churches. I won't wow. say all because it's not true of all, um, but in most churches. And I think an answer to that is to, is, is really for us as women, because that comment that was made to me earlier about not having male covering was from a woman. Mm -hmm. So as women, Glad not you said that. to be, yes, it is not to be afraid of coming off looking like you're some feminist who wants to attack and hate all men. Because that's not who we are and that's not what we need to be. That's good. So when you, there's this fear of feminism mm -hmm. that women can have in the church um, I don't want to come off like I'm overly strong or overly powerful, overly anything. You can be yourself so good, and be powerful even if you have a meek voice or even right. if you're, because meekness is powerful. Meek, come you know, on. Jesus talks about being meekness, being meek. Um, and you know, this, this tattoo on my arm is, is part partially from, you know, the, the mat reminder of the matriarchal thing that's on my life, um, that my great grandmother passed on to me and, and then on the opposite end is is a dream that I had when I was 15 years old. I'd just become a believer two mm. months in. Um, and Jesus came to me and told me he called. He gave me my call to the church. And in the this vision dream, because I felt everything, um, he said, you know, this is what's going to happen. And basically, he told me men are going to push me down, but I need to get back up. Ooh. And so from 15 years old, I knew this was going to happen to me. And it did. Mm. It did in the dream and it does in real life. But the men, when they would push me down in my dream, would cover my mouth and say, stop saying what you're saying sure. and push me down to the ground. Ooh. And it's it's happened in subtle ways. It hasn't been, you know, obviously I've never been physically harmed by a yeah. man, but it's happened in, in spiritual and subtle ways. Um, I think mm. something that I've seen... Um, I've had beautiful, wonderful, incredible spiritual fathers and mothers in my life. So, so that's, that's all good. But what I'm saying is what I've seen, in, unfortunately, more often than not in the church is men grooming women to be what they think they should be. And I think that that's part of what needs to stop. Your own, your agenda is not always God's agenda. If you're a leader in the church, if you're a man, if you're a woman, whatever, whoever you are, your agenda cannot be always one in one on one with 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 God's agenda, because you could be operating out of pain. You could be operating out of an old lens. You could be operating out of hurt. There's all of these 
variables. And, and I personally, I do my best to remember that dream when Jesus came to me and said, this is going to happen to you, but I need you to stand back up and speak. Come on. And, and that's why it's tattooed on my arm. I, I set it as a seal that I, I can't forget this. And, and that's why I still choose to be in ministry, even though I've been, I've been shut down wow. before, not where I'm at now. I'm going to, I'm going to say that a million times, not happening where I'm at now, <laughs> but it's heartbreaking to see a lot of my friends who have been even sexually harassed in the church wow. and nothing's happened. Wow. It's been swept under the rug wow. and it's, it's heartbreaking to me. And, and I think that we, we really, um, the, the solution would be exactly, you know, Des, what you were talking about and how do we, how do we make space for each other? Cause making room for each other that. sounds like Matt, yeah. I loved what you were saying. Making yeah. room sounds like I have the power yep. to give you the space, right. but making, or give you the room, but making space for somebody is setting yourself aside. I love that. And, and I think we all need to do that with each other. Yeah. I need to make space, you know, and it happens. I I'm not married, have never been married and don't have children. So it, you know, it's tricky for me, but I have seen enough where it's like a husband and a wife, you have to make space for each other when you first get married, yeah. because this is a whole new dynamic. Yeah. And, and even as you go through life and even in friendships, even and healthier relationships is, is huge for me. So I do study mm -hmm. this yeah. a lot, mm -hmm. but making space for somebody is not limiting who you are. Yeah. It's just celebrating who they are. Yeah. A couple of things you so said. Good. Number one, you said you're single. Yes. So those who are listening right now, if they're like, no, I'm just <laughs> okay, I tricked you. Now. <laughs> you got me. But no, on serious note, you said something that we are really talking about reformation, and yes. reformation can't be approached. You know, I had this encounter with the Lord where He began to speak to me about the type of reformers that are rising that are going to be full of humility. Because a reformer who doesn't have humility becomes an activist mm -hmm. rather than an advocate. Uh, in saying that, and what happens if you don't have that humility as a reformer, you only draw the same people who have the same offense. Yeah. yeah. But there's never transformation because you don't have the language to go into hearts who don't believe like you. Yes. And so I'm almost wondering, though. It just seems like our current system in the church needs reformation because the only women that you usually see rise to the occasion have a certain personality type. Yeah. It's it's those who maybe might might have more of a of a fathery nature. I'm just I'm just speaking, so I'm just yeah. speaking out. Like if a woman has a fathery nature, which is I believe is biblical, we just talked about what Paul was saying that a man can have a mother in nature. Mm -hmm. So there's room for them to rise to the top. But you said, what about those women who are meek? Those are the ones that we, you know, that at times have come to us on a, on a personal level and, and have, uh, you know, over the years in many different churches we travel and they're like, man, I'm trying to find my voice, but I don't feel like there's this place in the church. And, and it's like, they don't have, you know, uh, the only way for them to step into a place of, uh, activating their voice is to take on Saul's armor, which is not theirs. Yeah. Yep. is to take on a certain personality. And I've seen women do that. They take on a personality that's not theirs mm -hmm. just so that they can get a place to have influence. And, you know, this opens up to another conversation. I don't know if we have time for this, but then what do you guys do? And I'm just asking as, as, as a man um, for those women who are very powerful and are rising, maybe has, has been a token, but yet, you know, um, 
I just wonder as leaders, and maybe this is a bigger conversation about how do we engage leadership as a whole in church in the area of accountability, in the area of making sure that our message lines up with our life, yeah. that it's not just a token thing where we're yeah. just out there, uh, you know, sharing a message, but yet we're actually not living it, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think the short answer for that would be the the voice of the Lord is the sound of many waters. Um Fire. And, and recognizing that God isn't just a lion who roars, but he's a lamb. Yep. So good. Um, and I think that. <laughs> Mic um, drop. I wow. think, you know, accountability to me, I have a, a probably a different view than a lot of people with accountability because, you know, I even spoke about this in the youth a couple weeks ago. Um, I can say to Des, like, hey, hold me accountable all day long. But if she she's not in my bedroom at night with me, she's Sorry. not in the sh- she's not in Come the on. shower with me. She's not in, in these places where I'm totally alone and I can make decisions that are not beneficial to me or right. I can do things or I cannot share with her mm-hmm. like, hey, or, or if she asked me like, hey, you asked you asked if, um, you know, t- if I would hold you accountable. Have you been reading your Bible every day? Have you or whatever I asked her to hold me accountable to? It's putting the responsibility of my accountability of my of my uh relationship my my uh what's the word for you know being older mature maturity yes there we go uh my maturity in the hands of somebody else and not myself it's the the word accountability to me has been a scapegoat i can go to des and say like yes i read today out of uh, the Psalms and i it's the one that i know by heart that i already memorized and i can tell her and she doesn't know any different wow so Accountability to me is is so much more about emotional maturity, um, emotional that. intelligence. It's that. about emotional, um, you know, uh, it, it's about you being mature in yourself in in, in that. Um, so I think holding each other accountable um, more so we need to hold ourselves accountable. So good and. And to do that, it's is is through relationship. It's yeah. through healthy relationship, having conversations and being open and honest. That's it. That's it. Honesty is going to be is is and humility. I mean, you can't be honest without being humble. But, and I totally get what you're saying, and yeah. I agree. But I'm wondering if that's even possible with our current structure that we have many times in church, because we honor gifting over relationship. Yeah. We, 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 we look, uh, if someone is gifted, then they get a place of authority, but there's not necessarily the, the proof of emotional intelligence, emotional maturity, fruit, mm-hmm. character. Yeah. And so I think sometimes, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think this, this conversation with you guys has really opened my eyes to some other areas. I'm like, oh man, I've never seen that. So I'm like having these epiphany moments right now. Yeah. That's so, so, so good. Um, You know, back to your question, Matt, I feel like I know this can go like a million different directions and we can totally do another episode on this. But I think I think going back to to me, even the healthy relationship piece, which I'm extremely passionate about, it still to me goes back to the family, the family um, model. And if you don't have that model it's going to be hard to know how to have a healthy operating system within you yeah as a son or a daughter to know how to keep yourself accountable so So, where do we go from there you know i feel like you know we're talking about mothering we're talking about fathering 
Um, but also, I mean, this is a whole other piece is the brother and sister piece, yes. which is super important because yeah. going back to accountability, just for a minute, mm-hmm. um, we would do one-on-one sessions with our students when we had a school yeah. and we would get in their lives. And a lot of times they would open to a, up to us. But what we come to find out is that if you have a healthy family culture and they feel safe with mom and dad, yeah. what ended up most of the time happening is they would feel safe enough to open up with brothers and sisters. And that's who they were really honest with was brothers and sisters. And so then when, when we actually found out about it, which was maybe never, or maybe way later, we are (laughs) from like 10 years ago. Um, But what I, that made me like so encouraged and so proud of them that that's really where we're going to work out our stuff and our yeah. junk a lot of times is in those kind of relationships. But I don't think that that could have even happened had they not had the security, the the structure built from so mom good. and dad mm-hmm. um, that they were able to do that. You so know, good. and I mean, there's so much in that. But I, yeah, I mean, we can do another. Episode. Yeah, we'll have to do another episode. We're, it's about that time. So Sarah, yeah. do you have any last thoughts you'd like to leave a listener today? Yeah, I mean, really quickly, just Des, you said something just then that that struck me, and I don't even think you you meant it. And obviously, you meant it, but you it wasn't a point you were trying to make. You you said something that most people wouldn't be okay with, like they didn't come to me. I wasn't a safe space. I, mm. You celebrated that they went to their brothers and sisters, and that to me is a mark of a good, healthy mother. Mm. Is Ooh. somebody that can celebrate even when they're not the one that their children are vulnerable to. Come on. So I just, again, I, I'm, I'm so thankful for, um, for where I'm at, um, for the challenges that I've faced for the times I've been pushed down because it had, had that not happened. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. That's so good. Um, and I just, I do want to say, um, quickly, uh, mothers, you know, women, we need to be able to be, like I said, just a few minutes ago, God's voice is the sound of many waters. Yeah. We right. need to be able to hear from men. We yeah. also need to be able to hear from our sisters. We need to be able to hear from our sons. We need to be able to hear from our uncles. We need to be able to hear so from good. our cousins. We need to be able to hear from everybody. Mother, if you, you can't be a mother without a mother before you, and you can't be a mother without a child behind you. Come on. So there's, so there's an op, there's, there's, so many uh, facets to to mothering, and I'm I'm learning them. I'm exploring them as a as a as a spiritual mother yep. myself. And I love that you just gave permission to those who don't have kids that it's true, mm-hmm. not yet that you can still be a spiritual mom because that's actually definitely the actual role that is given in the kingdom, and yes. you have permission. So I love that. So Sarah, where can people continue to follow you, be able to glean from you and check out your resources and even somebody single out there want to, nah, I'm just glad. <laughs> no, seriously, well, where can listen, they follow you? On Bumble? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, yes, I have my uh, Facebook right now. My website is currently down, but it will be up soon, sarahcomez.com. Awesome. Um, that's where I sell the other facets of my life, my business, my art, uh, watercolor and Come on. floral business. Um, so yes, that's, that's where you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. You guys make sure to check the show notes to find out how you continue to follow Sarah Kamez 
And remember, family is where life begins, destiny is found, identity is enhanced, and love never ends. If this podcast has enriched your life, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And would you share this podcast with a friend or family member as it will help us to extend our reach. Thank you for listening to the show today. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. We are out. Be blessed. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.